The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I'm not the kind of guy, you know, that make boring fights. I come in here, I put my heart out. Vicente, the solid assassin, Luke It's over already. Champion of the world, Algerman Hawkmaster Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I, busy show today. We're going to be joined by Aljamain Sterling, uh, rumored to be fighting TJ Dillashaw. And we also have uh, Mohamed Usman, who's, of course, Kamaru's brother. I'm sure he's sick of hearing that. We have not spoken to him yet. Vicente Luque. Uh, in the uh, co-main against Jeff Neal uh, on uh, Santos versus Hill. Uh, let me see. Hold on. Protect, attack, take naps. Oh, that's not, is that Baby Yoda. Yeah, but that pretty much sums me up. No, Baby Yoda was now. Who who are they saying Baby Yoda was a, a Gremlins ripoff? <laughs> or someone? Or, or I don't know. Someone. They're trying to say he's like Gizmo with no hair. Maybe. Yeah, he's I don't like, know the name. Like Gizmo with alopecia. I don't fucking is that wrong to say? Well, no, not at all. It's fair. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Fair taste. But listen to me. I'm a bald yes. man. I'm a bald man. I don't have hair. Now, before we have um Aljo coming in, uh, we're, we're glad he was able to give us some time. Hey, but Smith ain't smacking me. So I don't know. That's anyway. true. Anyway, we're having the fucking champ on, Aljo. And we have uh we, we should we should touch Matt really uh, amazing uh Dana White uh, contender series. Yeah results i mean there was some incredible fights i mean uh there were contracts given out to uh venetia salvador chris duncan francis marshall waldo cortez acosta and of course billy goff I, uh, what great great fights um supposedly they got the message from last week that dana was like ah yeah basically that's what he said if you want to quote him and uh that's what he was like last week and this week he was like this yeah chris duncan uh, against Charlie Campbell, that that was such a it's it's you call it a comeback. It was in the first round, but it looked like Duncan was finished. Yeah, Charlie, um, you know, Charlie trains out of you know he, he's he trains out of uh, over here in Long Island at the Saratoga camp, and uh, he looked good. He's a, he's listen. The guy's a talented talent yeah. fighter, very dangerous kid, and he's got a lot of skills. And you've seen in that fight that he definitely belongs there. Yeah. Listen, He's going to be those guys that see the, I'm going to knock you out or get knocked out, that type of guy. So, that was what happened. That was exactly what happened. He was knocking out Chris Duncan. It looked close, yeah. and then Duncan just popped up and, and, and uh, caught him. It looked like a short right, and he almost looked like he was out on his feet or maybe for a second on the canvas, but it was, it was a very definite knockout. That was a great fight because I think Duncan was almost finished. Well, I mean, that's what makes it exciting. Yeah. You know? And uh, when you got that killer be killed attitude, you'll be a crowd favorite, but you know, sometimes you're on the other side of those. So, you know, I, listen, I, t- I talked to him this morning, actually, I gave the kid a call and, and I, I reminded him. Of my How's he taking uh, it? 
he's got good spirits. You know, yeah. it's where you go from here. You know, he's obviously talented. He obviously, he was. He showed he wasn't outclassed by all means. No, he you just know? got caught. I mean, he looked. He looked great. He just got caught. He, he, he hits hard. He is. He's very. He's ferocious. What he has going for him is he's exciting as hell. He's yep. young, and uh, you know, he, he's got a bright future. Oh, but congrats to everybody who got. Before yeah, we, yeah, yeah, five okay. contracts. Really, really great. Congrats great night. Very exciting fights. 100%, man. They, uh, they all deserve praise. All first and second round stoppages. There was the, uh, one decision, uh, but even that was a good fight. There were, there were no bad fights um, yeah. uh, on the entire card. The decision was uh, a Marshall over Connor Matthews. Uh, it was a unanimous decision, but he did not. Uh, yes, he did get the contract, too, so I neglected to mention him before. Congratulations to Francis Marshall as well. Uh, you're let's saying get- that, you're saying that maybe Dana should have had Lorenzo down for this week instead of last week. Yeah, it happens. Maybe they were nervous because Lorenzo was there. Who knows? Maybe Lorenzo being there this week would have made them all more nervous. Uh, who knows? Let's bring Aljo in. He's in the waiting room. Let's do it. Yeah, I want to know about this TJ fight because uh, because it would be a great fight. That's why I want to know about it. Aljo's looking slick. Hey, Aljo. Aljo. Hey. Get your whole head in there because your head looks... That looks so comfortable. If I had hair, especially your hair, I would wear it like that all the time. It looks like you're ready for war when you have your hair like that. <laughs> Is know? it cut short or, or did you braid it back? No, it's braided. Oh, it's back. Okay. Am I in I, the background of you? What am I looking? Look over your left shoulder. Wait a minute. I'm getting... Oh, I oh just that was the watch party. Up. I saw us too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of freaked I, mean, out. I just got to the PI, so I couldn't do it from my house because I had to take the guys to the airport. Oh, who's going to the airport? Well, uh, Steve and Austin, oh. they were here for for Charlie's fight. We were literally just talking about the fights last night. We were talking about Charlie's fight. And, yeah. Hey, Aljo, you know the game we play. I mean, listen, we you sometimes you get caught in the opening of a round. You know what I'm saying? You've been there. It sucks. You showed you can come back and be a champion. Like, yeah. I, at least he got to show, Charlie, he got to show some of his skill set. Don't you think? He looked really good until, you know, just made one mistake, got caught standing square, and then that's really all it takes. The kid landed one good punch, but Charlie was beating the crap out of him the entire fight. Yeah. Right? It's just yeah. the way it goes sometimes. The, all the fights were good last night. They were all good fights. I mean, uh, you, don't, you don't usually see five contracts given out in one episode. Yeah. And I, I, I told Charlie, you know, to keep his spirits up. It's like, dude – at least you look good in your fight that you got knocked out in. My fight, I went to the Neptunes, and I did not look good at all in the entire fight, other than one little almost triangle armbar sequence, and then I got sent to the gulags, you know? So if there's anything to be a silver lining, is hey, I fought a great fight until I got caught. That's it. That's it. That's, that's the game we play. So now look, it's been announced with you and CJ. That's awesome, isn't it? Don't you think that? Don't you think it's – I mean, are you happy it's in Abu Dhabi? Uh, you know what? I've never fought overseas before, so I'm actually kind of happy that I'm getting to do this at least one time in my career. Because yeah. at one time, I was supposed to fight in Australia, and my fight got canceled, and Al's didn't. He fought Ross Pearson. Yes. And, uh, that was the only time I ever got to travel to fight overseas, and then I didn't have a fight anymore. That was fun, though, wasn't it? Was that, that was a great time. That was a great try. Oh, we had fun. You know, they like us. They like us New Yorkers in Australia. That yeah. Was myself, Longo. Marab was Marab with us on that trip? No, he didn't come out for this one. It was Bowman. Bowman. <laughs> another, Bowman another we had another crazy man with us. But oh man, what a great time in Australia. But now you've never been to Abu Dhabi. No, this is gonna be my first time. Hey dude, listen. There's something about fighting in front of sheiks that's kind of like, <laughs> oh man, this is like Hans Island. I don't know. It's cool. I, I, I think it's cool, bro. I, I love Abu Dhabi. I love Abu Dhabi. It's it's really they treat you they really treat you like a champ over there, dude. Yeah. Well, I hear I hear nothing but good things in terms of the fan base and everything. So I'm super excited for that, and uh, hopefully get a big win and go party with the sheiks a little bit. Now, when you go there, how much how how early will you go? Because the time difference and the flight and all that, like how much time will you give yourself? Well, I think I adjust pretty quickly, man. Um, I think two weeks is plenty. Oh yeah. You know so. I'm going to jumpstart camp here in Vegas with Marab as he finishes up camp, um, get ready for Jose Aldo. And then that'll be the sequel, like, I, I guess, the prequel to my training camp. And um, that's, the, that's the correct term, right? The prequel? I think so, yeah. Yeah. yeah sequels, sequels after. Yeah, so the prequels, prequels first, first, yes. Prequel, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And then I have the training camp and then uh, I'll be nine weeks out after his fight on the 20th. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for this. And you've said if Marab wins, you feel like he should get a shot at the belt and you would want to move up. Uh, I guess fighting him, there are, there are, you know, again, you'd always hear about DC and Kane. Um, this just you couldn't fight him. Is that what these guys are just too close? Yeah, yeah. You know, we we talked about it, and um, and the other side of it is too. And just I'm just a very honest guy, just being fully transparent. And uh, especially the money that we would be fighting for. Not to make this about fighter pay, but sure. at the same time, it's like, am I going to fight a really good best friend for what I'm getting paid that I could spend in literally a couple months and like not even really try. Um, and I don't live a crazy lifestyle. It's just the nature of the beast, you know? So um, that's not worth a friendship for me. And uh, I can never see myself doing anything like that. And I, I think he does deserve a chance. I mean, you look where he's come from, uh, the, the two losses and then coming back, you know, the Ricky right. Simone fight, the Frankie Signs fight, and then coming back and doing the same thing, rebuilding himself and getting himself to a position like this, now fighting a legend. It's not easy to do, you know? So um, I think he deserves it. I think it will be huge for his country. So he goes out there and get the win, man. It's going to be huge for MMA in Georgia and uh, for his career as well. So yes. that's the ultimate goal. Everyone would like to fight for UFC gold and everyone would like to become a UFC champion, you know? So that'd be pretty dope if we get another UFC champ um, coming out of Long Island. And he had to fight through everybody because there are some guys that will, will have like an excitement like, because you know, he's such a quiet, humble guy that he's not going to get those fights because he talks a lot of shit and everybody wants to see him get beat up. He has to fight his way through the ranks. Once in a while, those guys come up and they're great talkers and they'll get fights faster. But he's not a guy like that. He's just a quiet, humble guy who had to kind of fight his way through everything. Yeah, yeah. He's Rob is just like, whoever you give me, I don't care. I'm going to work hard and whatever happens, happens. And that's his mentality. And uh it's, it's a very contagious mentality because it gets the room excited and gets everybody working hard because you see a guy like that. I mean, when he was working, you know, I was working, he was working a lot more manual labor than I was. I, I did manual labor until I moved into being a substitute teacher, um, working at, uh, as a stock boy. But Marab was working construction and then going to the gym and still trying to get in a, like a double session for the day. And then the next morning getting up and then going to work again, five days a week, sometimes more. You know? So. A guy like that, you see a guy who can work again. It's it's uh, super contagious. Isn't it crazy when you look at like you you worked in a stock room or he did construction? Sometimes like when you're doing the career you love, whether you're the champion or not, like don't you ever just stop and think like, well, this is my full time job now. Like, didn't you ever think like, fuck, this this is what I've always wanted. Like, you have what you wanted. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I still sometimes wake up in the morning. I'm like, I can't believe my job is this i wake up i train i'm a full-time professional athlete you know i always want to play a sport as a professional when i was younger and i didn't know thankfully something worked out and i was able to actually be good at something or have the body frame for it five foot seven ain't getting you in the league there's very 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 few people who get to the nba with that type of uh, height oh fuck yeah man you're living the dream you're living the absolute dream uh, what do you think of of Jan versus O'Malley? Because that's I'm excited for. I think that's gonna be a fun fight. I like I like the conflict of even just characters. <laughs> you know what I mean? One's a Russian fucking killer, and the other one's like a pot smoking fucking yeah. You know, he's got his fucking swag about him. I don't know. It, it's stoner. It's cool. What do you think of that matchup? I think it's a good matchup stylistically. I mean, Jan is not coming out there to take him down. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Jan does take him down, though, because I think that would be the path of least resistance. I mean, Sean is good on the feet. He's got a good fight IQ. He's got good range, uh, good timing, good footwork. He could fight well going backwards. And I do think Jan, when we fought, he had a little trouble with someone who could fight going backwards and um, someone who has good footwork. So if he can cut Sean off and maybe attack the body a bit, attack the legs. I think he can win the fight, but I do think stylistically, it's a good matchup for O'Malley. I mean, right? and it's a it's win-win for him. He's fighting the number one or two ranked guy in the world. And then, you know, a loss doesn't do much. As long as he doesn't get obliterated, a loss doesn't do much. Like, it doesn't hurt him. And a, a win would be huge. Like, oh, he really is that good. But again, he still has to force someone who's willing to, to attack his legs and, and take him down. It is kind of funny. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jake. Huh. It's funny, like you see O'Malley on his Instagram being like, 
He's got like a doobie in his mouth. He's like secret training uh, for uh, for Peter Yan. Punching yeah. a cigarette, got the cigarette, the doobie hanging out of his mouth, and he's doing wet. He there's him, and then you got the other one who's just probably doing push-ups in a fucking igloo. It's so fucking. It's so it's they're so like polar opposite. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. So I'm intrigued by that alone. Very contrasting personalities. Yes. Aljo, do you put any stuff like again? I know fighters will say a lot of stuff to promote a fight. Uh, TJ, uh, you guys have definitely had it seems like animosity for each other. Um, do do you feel real animosity for him? Him saying you're not dangerous. I mean, obviously that's nonsense. So does that annoy you at all, or you just think he's just trying to promote the fight? I don't know what he's trying to do. Sometimes I I I really do think he's as arrogant as believing the shit that he's actually saying. And if he keeps talking like that. And walks into the octagon on October 30, uh, 22nd like that. I think it's going to be a bad night for, for Dillaroids. And uh, he'll be stuck up at the ceiling with the referee waking him up. I hate yeah. people. I hate when they say, oh, well, you know, he did. You know, he came clean. He talked about it. And he admitted it. After he got busted. He didn't do that shit out of sleepless nights. He did that shit out of fucking nothing was keeping him up at night. Like, ah, I got I to gotta come clean. No, dude. They caught you. And you're like, ah, okay, guys. I did it. Yeah, yeah, motherfucker. Your hands in the cookie jar. We found you. We found you out. I hate when people are like, well, you got to give him credit. He did man up. Like, no. He absolutely didn't. Anyway. And he never really apologized to the guys he beat. I mean, he never said, all right, on that shit. He never apologized. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I just, I don't know. I, well, his story is the only, they tested all my samples and they were all clean before that and the A and B sample, I'm like, dude, I have witnesses that have told me from your, that have told me personally that you showed them how to do it. It, it doesn't get any more black and white than that. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's either your teammates or your former teammates are complete liars and they hate you that much that they just disparaging you or you're just a piece of shit liar still. And I, I won't put a pass on that. He's going to be cheating into coming into this fight. So I just got to make sure I'm prepared and make sure I'm ready. Because at the end of the day, I'm uh, willing to step in that octagon with him. And I still be believe that my hard work is going to be enough to be even on the sauce. Don't you feel like if somebody underrates you or, or, or doesn't give you the respect, even though I'm sure it's annoying as a man, that's kind of an advantage for you. Like It's, like it's, 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 it's so much better for you if somebody underestimates you. Because then it's got to feel, A, they're going to make mistakes, and B, that much better to strangle them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for Piotr... 13 months, I had to deal with this guy talking shit, calling me, oh, he's a little girl, he's a little um, he's not a real fighter, coward, like saying all this stuff, and I'm just like, I didn't get gifted a title shot, you, you know, I everybody, that's the big difference, and um, we got to see who was who in the night, you know, I fought a very smart fight, I fought to win this time, and uh, after such a long layoff, I felt like I had a little bit of ring rust, and I play a little bit more than just going out there and and being right. a little and uh, it was enough to get the win. Luckily for him, I think his defense did get better in that time frame defensively for rear naked chokes. I felt like if I showed up the way I showed up, the way I should have the first time, I think I would have strangled him in the first round when I took him down with ease. You know, I just felt like shit. People can say whatever they want. I've said this multiple times. I felt like shit that day. He was the better man that night and he should have won had he not been that stupid and he gave me to show that I really am the better fighter and it is what it is. So people can cry me a river and give me all those tears because I'm collecting them still. Yeah, who did they give shit to recently? Like when a guy gets really hurt from really, who just got the eye poke? Pedro, the Munoz. Fight, Pedro Munoz. Yeah, where the yeah. fight had to stop. It. It's like if, if you're injured because somebody does something illegal and you're just unable to continue. I mean, most times guys can continue, but sometimes you can't. I don't know how they put that on you like you're fucked up for not being able to fight through an illegal strike. Well, people say I've seen worse and they were able to continue fighting. I'm like, everyone is different. That's one. And hey. two, not all fouls are the same. And not all of our bodies are wired and connected the same exact way where if I flick you, that's going to hurt this guy more than this. You know what I mean? So it's just like, what are you talking about? We're not all the same human being. So for someone to, to judge and criticize Pedro Munoz, one of the toughest guys who's willing to go out there and take a beating from a guy like Jose Aldo. Yeah, this guy stays in there and takes his licks and he gives them out. 
when has this guy ever quit? Been in there toe-to-toe with Frankie Edgar, Jose Aldo, Jimmy Rivera. He's fought the toughest guys. And to say that this guy, you're questioning his toughness over a guy like O'Malley. Yo, you got kicked in the leg and you fell down and you couldn't get up. How about that for questioning toughness? And you're still walking around talking about I'm undefeated. The guy, like, I don't know. People are just crazy. They say the wildest things. And uh, it is what it is. You can't stop people from talking. They're going to say stuff no matter if you're winning or you're losing. So just go out there and do what you got to do. And it's just unfortunate that they didn't run that fight back because Pedro was winning that fight. And uh, I would have liked to see the rest of it play out. And uh, Alja, before we let you go, I should have one more question for you. Uh, Davidson Figueredo, who uh, uh, we had uh, Pantoja on, uh, who commented that his weight did not look like it was in check. Um, and there's rumors <laughs> that he might uh, move up. And again, he's another guy. He, he said he doesn't think he'll be check. I don't know what these guys is. Maybe he's he trying to get into your head, do you think, before he possibly moves up? Or is he trying to get himself a rivalry with you before he possibly moves up? He said he doesn't think I will be champ. Davidson Figueredo, yeah. But by the time he moves up. But again, that just sounds like, again, uh, shit talking for the sake of building some type of uh, friction. I mean, maybe he really feels that way. I don't know, but I can tell him one thing: he definitely didn't win that second fight with um, Brandon Moreno. Moreno so Moreno, yeah. that that third one, you know. So uh, he needs to get his fat ass in shape and um, <laughs> run it back, you know. So I think he should be worried about himself, other than talking about coming up a weight class. I think he's got some work to do, and uh, I don't know. We'll see. If he wants to come up, play with the, the bigger guys, we'll see what happens because size does matter. Um, not for everybody. He's kind of tall for the weight, but I think he'll be a little small and not as strong as everybody else. So that would be the difference. And his technique is not the cleanest, if I'm being honest. You know, I think he kind of gets away with that raw power a bit. And a guy like that, the way Moreno choked him out, I think I would choke him out even faster. So, I mean... Well, I hate to disagree, but all of Jimmy's girlfriends tell him that size does matter. And that yes, they do. Matter. It doesn't, yeah. right, Jimmy? They tell you it doesn't. Uh, no, they all say it does when I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> when they're leaving. <laughs> Speaking of being chubby and talking shit, Henry Shahudo, he was backstage like a little angry fucking dwarf. And I can say that because I'm a short guy. Yes. I mean, no offense, but Sean O'Malley's doing his interview. And he's like, hey, princess. And he's like a little drunken dwarf. It was fucking funny. Because he's like, literally, he's literally, he's not like he's looking ripped. And he's talking shit. And he's fucking, that was kind of a bad look on him. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong. I, I know, what is going on with you and him? Sometimes I see you guys do some stuff. That's 100% looks like it's conjured up. No offense, Aljo. I love you to death. But you guys are doing a stare down. I'm not like, oh my God, they're going to smack each other. I'm like, all right, these guys might want to fight. Which alone would sell because I think, and I feel you strangle them because I think styles make fights. But when you guys are doing your stare downs, I know you guys are not going to actually jump on each other, but what is going on with that? You want to fight him? Is he, does he even talk to you like he actually wants to fight you or is that just to keep his name out there? I think it's a little bit of both. I think he would fight me if they gave him the opportunity, but um, I don't, I don't know what the situation really is with him. And it's not like we hate each other. I think we're just both really, really competitive people. And I think we're both respectful enough where we could do a face-off and kind of uh, show people like this is a fight that could potentially be coming down the line. And um, I think that's what the fans are excited about. I think some people get a little bit lost in the sauce when um, Sayudo's doing all the screaming nonsense and making these weird faces. But <laughs> I think he's having a lot of fun. He's having a lot of fun, Shoot. Yeah. And Mopai, listen, the guy accomplished a lot. So if he wants to be drunk backstage and being silly, that's fucking kind of funny. You got to laugh at it, yeah. don't you? Know, it's a little cringe. Yeah. Well, he is the king of cringe. That was really cringe, though. Yeah. He, he, I, I mean, honestly, I mean, honestly, if you're doing an interview and someone comes and tries to punk you at your interview, I mean, like, what are you going to do? Like, I, I feel like he kind of one up O'Malley in his own space after just coming off of the fight, you know, so. But don't you think, Aljo, that somebody should have their moment when they win? That's kind of douchey, you know? Imagine you win a fight and then somebody's like, yeah, they're caught. I mean, what do you call it? Caught a three-piece in a soda because of that. And I love Leon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And people so. people would argue, like a Chael Sonnen has said in the past, the, the, the moment you're building, the, the moment the fight first, that fight's over, you're, you're preparing and prepping for the next one, like him, O'Connor. Um, and it's just like, that's just the way that those guys' mentality work. They're trying to sell the next fight right after they just finished with one. Right. So I, I look at it with both sides. Like, yeah, you have your moment, but at the same time, you got to still 
plant the seed for the next one that you would like to have. And I think that's what gets fans excited. And not to c- copy like the WWE model, but that's what WWE really is. It's scripted drama, but this is actual real drama that's going to end with real consequences, you know? So, so I'm like, yes or no. Like if someone comes and tries to like jump in on my shit like that, I think my reaction is completely different from old Molly. Molly didn't even know what to say. It looked like he kind of had his, like cat had his tongue. Um, he looked stuck. He looked like a lost words. I, I think he just got really caught off guard and he got punked at his own press conference. I mean, you want to do that in the hood, like you'd get slapped for shit like that, you know? So the way he kind of <laughs> handled that, it was just kind of like, damn, like he kind of just sunned you and you didn't really do anything like at all. His responses were like weird. I don't know. Yeah. I think he was a little taken by surprise. Like, well, yeah. here he is. You're kind of like chubby and you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how do, what do you do with a fat, drunk heckler? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we've all dealt with him he's like a little. He's like, are you serious? I don't know. I thought he handled it kind of decent, but, you know, you're kind of surprised. I think he got it kicked out of there, but I think it's fucking hysterical. I think your head's on straight, Aldro. I think you got that laser focus. It's your fucking belt. It's your belt. Fuck everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just getting you hyped, though. I know we got time. Marab first. You're with, you're with us in Salt Lake City, no? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Come on, man. It's a fucking reunion. I'm going to be there. I, Jimmy, I'm going to be there. Me, Longo. We're there. Hopefully, Al's coming out too, Dennis. Dude, come on, man. Fuck. We need this. You know, before I get my other knee done, we need this. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else, Jimmy, before you let the champ go? No, no, no. We got uh, we got Muhammad in the waiting room. And uh, I'll just, thanks, man. We always love talking to you. And uh, obviously, hopefully, talk to you before. When is the fight uh, with uh, TJ that's looking like um, oh, that's in fucking the 180, October, right? October. October oh, okay. We got plenty of time. We'll talk to you before then. Fuck yeah. yeah. I know I will. All right, Alja, man. Look Good talking later. to you. Later, the funk master. Later, guys. All right. Take care, bud. And everybody, listen to the Weekly Scraps Podcast by Funk Master. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. How you doing, Mohammed? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me. Nice to meet you, Mohammed. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you guys. What was the experience like? Uh, you know, I know Pena was your coach, uh, 30th season of the Ultimate Fighter. And was it what you expected? And uh, what was better about it? And what was worse? Uh, it was, uh, I mean, the house, of course, living in the house with these strangers. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the food was good. You know, you got to, you get to... <laughs> order whatever you wanted every day. So I ate a lot of organic ribeyes and steaks. So it was, that was a good life. Uh, and yeah, just the adrenaline of just being in there and, uh, and having to compete with guys you're living with. It was a, it was a very interesting experience. Yeah. Wasn't Zach your roommate? Yeah, actually it was four of us in one room actually. Yeah. Zach was one of my roommates. So yeah, it's uh, it, it hit after the first fight, you know, uh, uh, three of us won our fights. So it got to the point where we knew we were going to have to fight one of each other in the semifinal. And you could just cut, you could cut the tension with a knife and, you know, we were all sleeping in one room. So I, yeah, I was sleeping with one eye open, you know, cause you, you know, <laughs> we're all in one room. So you didn't know what was going, you know, you didn't, these guys were the, the thoughts, you know, he's like, Oh, who am I going to fight? Am I going to fight this guy, that guy, you know? So it's a, uh, it was very interesting experience. And even though it's not that long, I mean, it was six weeks, right? Yes. All right. I did the same thing when I was on the show back in 
four. I know it's up to like 108 right now. No, like back, in the day, back in the day in season four. So I know what it's like. It's weird when you, um, how did it feel like I treated it like a training camp, like to be away yeah. from my, my fiance and stuff. Did it feel a little weird with all the music being away and nothing? You didn't have any. No, you know, because I, I I played football for a long time, so I did it. I did it as such. I treated it as a training camp as well. I, I you know, number one thing for me to do is I put myself on a schedule. That's my number one thing. And I put myself on a schedule. What I'm going to do every day. I wake up, breakfast. You know, write in my journal. You know, sit down and meditate. You know, everything. I would put myself on a schedule. Then it helps me pass time. Before you know it, we're training. Before you know it, I come home. I'm eating. I'm sleeping. And I'd wake up, do it all over again. So before you know, six weeks was boom, flew by, you know, because uh, I put myself on a schedule and I stayed, uh, I stayed consistent. And you said the food was really good. Um, do you have to cut a lot of weight or, or do you never really have to cut? Uh, everything that I do for me is performance. You know, uh, I like to, a lot of guys said, oh, you know, heavyweight, you just can eat whatever. But I honestly think that's not true, you know, because at the end of the day, you still have to eat certain foods to perform at the highest level you can't just eat crap and right then you think you're gonna just go out there and fight you know so uh i try to eat the cleanest i can eat and uh yeah i, I try to make sure I, I come into every fight in the best shape possible so i can compete but that week of the fight has got to be better for you again unless somebody is cutting down to 265 but you, most guys can probably at least have a decent week without having to go through that nightmare that just seems like the one advantage i mean the disadvantage is you got to fight guys who punch like fucking cement trucks, but the advantage is you don't have to cut a lot of weight. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, <laughs> that's number one thing. It's totally true, you know. And, I, and uh, I'm glad because I punch like a cement truck, so you know we're we're, we're the, we'll both be two trucks in there going at it. So that's good, and I'm just gonna be the one in more shape. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that you and your brother, your brother being the champion, and I love how supportive he is of you. Does it feel weird though, because he's such already such a legend and he's doing pound for pound, you know, the talks of him being the best. And then, you know, again, he's such a legend in the sport already. Is it, is it, you feel a little bit like, all right, I got to show like I'm my own fighter because it's got to have its both perks and there has to be some of that, even though you being the heavyweight, being in a little bit of a shadow. How, how do you feel? Like, how does that? Um, I mean, I feel for the most part, I feel great. I feel, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed to have my brother, you know. He's, it's a motivating, you know, it's, it's, it's motivating to have, this is my older brother, you know, he's, yeah. you know, pound for pound, the best in the world. But when it comes to who I am as a fighter, I don't really put, put that on me, you know, because I'm a different fighter. I've played football way after, before he started fighting. I was still playing football, you know. I remember flying out to his pro debut in 2012 while I was getting ready for the NFL draft. You know, I still remember that. Uh, you know, in, in Nebraska, in the boondocks. And I'm thinking, this guy's a lunatic. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? I'm just, <laughs> you know, and then to, to fast forward six years later, now I'm training to be a fighter. I'm like, what am I doing? And, you know, and then uh, and then now to be here on this ultimate fighter stage, uh, it's 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 really like a dream. I'm just blessed. And, uh, and I, I love my brother and I love everything he's done in the sport. And uh, I just want to be able to pave my way, you know? I just want to just show up you know, show that I'm, I can compete. You know, I didn't get here based off my brother because this is right. MMA. You got to fight people, yep. you know, it, it'd be different if somebody was just giving you, giving you free tickets and this and that. Everybody that I fight wants to take my head off because of who my brother is. Uh, so I have harder fights actually than a lot of people even think, you know, it could be a Joe Schmo and he's going to come try to knock my head off because he wants to beat me based on who my brother is. So it makes me work harder. You yes, know, like, so and poor Antonina Shevchenko sometimes has to take the the brunt of people being so mad uh, at her sister. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're right. They do probably come at her harder than they would have if Valentina wasn't her sister. 100%. And then, uh, but I, I love that, though. That's what drives me. Like, even in the house, uh, I got to the house. These guys didn't even talk to me. You didn't even say two words to any of these guys for two seconds before they hated my guts just because of based on who my brother is. I'm like, you don't even know me. How are you hating my guts? You don't even know me. It's because my brother is the champ. I can't help that I have a brother that's a fucking awesome fighter. Sure. It's a blessing, you know? So don't hate me because of that. But thank you for that because that motivates me to be the best fighter I can be, you know? So uh, I love it. When did you actually, I'm sorry, Jimmy, when did okay. you start training? Because you were, you know, obviously huge with the football. 
When did your brother motivate you to start training MMA, or did you start doing that no. on your own? When did I actually start? did it on my own? Uh, I, I, at the time, I was I was released. I was a free agent at the time. I was I was working at Lifetime Fitness in 2016, and uh, in uh, in Arlington, Texas. And then uh, I and I was still training, you know, during my lunch breaks and stuff. I'll go train with my football coach, you know, do strength and conditioning and all of that. So it was it was getting close to the end of 2016. Me and my coach trained after one of my lunch breaks, and I looked at him after our training session, and I said, "Coach, I think I'm going to start fighting." He said, "What?" I said, "I think I'm going to start fighting." It just it was something in my mind, in my light bulb that that just kind of went off because uh, I was like, "Man, my brother's having success in it. I'm still plenty strong, plenty fast." plenty big in football you know it's one of those sports that once you get released or this and that is so political that it's hard to get back in so you know fighting is individual sport you know you win you go up you lose you go down so uh i just is like you know what i'm very athletic i can do this my brother's having success on it he's doing a lot of good things why not and i was like you know i can put forth the effort train and i know i can get i can get good things out of it and uh i started in and the, the, the rest was history how far did you get in the NFL? Uh, I got picked up. I got picked up by the San Diego Chargers. I got released. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't make the fifty-three man roster. You know, I went. I got on practice squad. I, I did. I did a little bit of that. But it's a uh, one thing I learned about football, man. Is uh, when you get to a certain level, it's not talent. It's uh, <laughs> there's so many guys that are talented at that high level. It's not talent. So you're just very blessed to get certain opportunities. And uh, I, I'm very blessed to play football as long as I did. And uh, yeah. it put me in a it put me in this position to be able to uh, be a uh, you know a great athlete in uh, MMA. And you're also better off. I, I think that football is so dangerous with concussions and all these things. Literally, heavyweight fighting uh, I think is a safer way to go than than playing football. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I, I agree. You know, m- me sitting here playing it as long as I did and I'm not gonna lie I love the sport you know because it's different when you talk about playing football you have to be good at it to be able to play you know some things came natural to me like football it just came natural to me running and hitting and doing all these things that you're supposed to do was so natural to me which made me good at it that's why I loved it so the same kind of was was in MMA and uh I love I love I get the same feeling from MMA that I do from football so that's so exciting for me you know that that thrill Speaking of a thrill, tell me, because I never really did a school, uh, uh, um, a team sport, but I used to fight. So I know the glory, the glory, Muhammad, of winning an MMA fight. Oh, shit. My nipples are getting hot. I love it. (laughs) Jimmy, it's fucking phenomenal feeling, Jimmy. I never did any drugs, Jimmy, but it's up there. It's it's phenomenal. It is. The feeling of that, the feeling of that, Muhammad, compared to winning a big football game with your team that has to be good too is there a difference at all 100 percent, because uh it's like you said it's a drug that you can't even buy the adrenaline is just so unreal it's like it's it's i'm like man i like the guys the junkies on the street they can't get enough of it i know what i know what they i i know exactly what they're doing because the adrenaline the, the adrenaline that i feel from a win from a fight it's uh it's something that that pulls me more and more into the sport, more and more, just to go back to work, to go back to training, just to come out here for fifteen minutes and, 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 and unleash hell. And uh, you know, and it's a it's, it's such a rush. I I just don't know how to. It's a it's a feeling that's indescribable that you can only you can only get it from fighting. You know what I feel? I feel that even the greats, like sometimes fighters will stick around. You're like, oh, that's a shame. He shouldn't be fighting. But they're, they're doing it for the money. I get that. They need the money. Other times, there's guys that are fighting and they're like, I mean, Muhammad Ali, they, they just love it. They, they film the stop. Rush. So they fight past there when they should be just to try to, it's almost like somebody chasing that, 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 that high, you yeah. know? They want to feel that feeling so bad. They're really the, willing to risk their health, willing to get embarrassed. Just to try to get that feeling again. It's crazy. Or the money. You're, you're so oh, right. The money too, Jimmy. But that rush is number one. And fighting too. I, I imagine that the the difference between that and football is it, it's like if you lose, there's no one to blame but yourself. And if you win, though, no one obviously your team gets credit with you, but it's a much it's a solo sport as opposed to football with this you know, a bunch of other guys. Hundred percent, hundred percent. When you're in there, it's you. 
it's you and another opponent and it's mano a mano it's man versus man let's go to war you know and i, I really it, it really makes me feel like a gladiator like we are you know we're modern day gladiators honestly like when you think about gladiator the movie and it's literally you know we, you lock us up in this cage and it's me versus you and whoever wins gets to walk out and you know walk out of here and it's a uh, and it's a uh, it's I, I really love it and i just indulge myself in it and just and now more and more i've been doing this i just really just get in that moment i don't really get too up too down i just get in that moment of just i have to compete and i have to be the best at this at this day now you and kamaru are are both uh, fighters and athletes you have another brother right yes our oldest brother cash he's a what? pharmacist it's isn't that funny like it's so now does he fight at all or train or did he just go uh, he, he he tries to fight us but he cut that out a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> he tries to fight us but he cut that out he's our he's our our big brother that you know he played soccer growing up we always all we all wanted to be like him you know he got a scholarship to go play soccer in high school he was always the one that was an athletic and shape looked good and then all of a sudden kamaru came in on the scene he with his wrestling and you know that went to a higher level then i came and you know i was the big brute i played football so i separated myself from everybody else and they're like these guys that's why they started calling me the little big brother because i just was just way bigger than all of them you know because of football so yeah cash cash still thinks he he thinks he can fight us still he was like we we got it all from him <laughs> but playing soccer, he made the mistake of going with the sport that isn't as big in the U.S. Like you guys got like football and fighting are much, much yes. easier to, I think, to jump into professionally 100%. than soccer would be in the in the U.S. hundred percent. Plus, he was just so intelligent, too. You know, he kind of yeah. went with what he was his number one, which was school, you know, and uh, he went and got that pharmacy uh, pharmacy degree and became a doctor of pharmacy uh, at Chicago State. Uh, I, I seen it after five years of college, he went in and put another five years in to be a doctor of pharmacy. So he really paid his dues and, uh, you know, shit, they make good money. <laughs> and he'll always work. You're never going to like, there's never going to not be pharmacist. Exactly. Yeah. He's, uh, he, he, he did the right thing, you know? And, uh, and now he just watches us all just go out here and beat people up. How do you feel about your uh, about about this uh, this debut coming up? I mean, are there nerves? Are you obviously you're confident, but like, how are you feeling about? Uh, and you're the third fight up on the main card too. This is it's not like you're you're you know you're early on. You have a great uh, spot. Uh, I feel good. I feel really good. I feel ready to just go out here and just perform. You know, perform to my abilities. You know, now when I sit back and think about it, I've been doing this now for a minute. I'm eight and two as a professional MMA fighter. No, no amateur fights. I'm, I know I know what I need to do in the cage. I know what I need to do to get the job done. Uh, and uh, I'm excited. I'm just uh, just keeping my nerves in check. You know, I'll be lying to you, tell you, but I'm nervous. You know, who, who ain't nervous? I, I use it. You know, I just, I, I love it. I love to be in it because it's like, man, if you're not nervous, you're not human. You know, I'm, <laughs> you know, I love it. And uh, I just love this opportunity. And uh, I'm just blessed that I'm just even in this opportunity to still be able to perform on the stage. And uh, I can't wait to come out there and compete. Mohammed, we just got a note that you have to go because you have another interview. So I guess that they're giving you a good amount of press. You have a hard out actually at this moment that we're speaking. I just got a note. But okay. uh, look, thanks for coming on. I'm sure we'll have you on again. Uh, have a sure. great fight and congratulations on, on getting as far as you have and, and, and for fighting the finale. And I, I hope you, I hope you do great. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, I, I always want to get on the show and be with, be with you guys. You guys, you and Matt are hilarious guys. And uh, yeah, Matt, you're a legend, man. I, I love, I love, I, I, I I, I watch that fight every day and it's like, you know, it's, it's one of those when you just, when you think about it as, as you know, after your time and you're done and you look back and you're like, man, fuck, nobody, no, they didn't believe in me. Yeah. And I went out there and I did it, you yeah. know, and, uh, Mom, you, know, and thank like, you. I, you believed in yourself, you know, and that's it. I believe in me, you know, oh, nobody okay. has to believe in me, but myself and I go out there and make it happen. Well, myself and Jimmy believe in you, Mohammed. Yeah. So nice to meet you, man. I can't wait to see this fight. Take care, I right, will talk to you again. Thank you. Thank you guys. Peace. I like not Jimmy, Jimmy. Yes, sir. Not, not because of the compliments. Stop it. <laughs> no, I, but I, I mean, it doesn't I, hurt. It doesn't hurt. I, compliments it, don't it hurt. Really, it really doesn't hurt. But I was just about to ask him about his, his hobbies and stuff. I like that question. I know, but they I said, like, I guess they're getting impressed because it's the, 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 uh, the Ultimate Fighter finale. Like so it. they're probably, they got a bunch of press. And we were told that they must have said, I, I think we misread.
I misread it or they miswrote it, that, that Aljo had a hard out, but it must have been Usman that had a hard out, whatever it is. He's doing press, and, and that's I awesome. I like him. Just like I like Gerald McCoy. <laughs> I, can, I can talk comics with that guy, all. I that, know. I can't wait to that. see Batgirl. That, I heard that thing got canceled. Yeah, they didn't. Why Poor. Did they uh, here's what the theory. $90 million they spent on it. It was testing abysmally. Well, what was it abysmal. about? I don't, I don't know. But they I'm said that they're going to get that girl. What, buddy? They were going to make it. DC made it. Uh, Michael Keaton is in it. He reprises his role as Batman. Uh, Brendan what? Fraser was in it. Uh, J.K. Simmons is in it. And it's, I forget the woman's name. I think she was supposed to be like the first Latin superhero. But they, shut, they put $75 million and another $15 million, $90 million into it. And it's in post-production. And they just fucking shelved it. Because I think it's such a piece I of shit. Or, or it's getting bad reviews. Fuck. They can't release it in a theater because they have to spend another $50 million to promote it. So that would be $130, 140 million. losses. And, they're gonna, and they don't run it. Don't put it on the streaming service. Just take the loss and write it off. But it's already shot or it's just not done? It's, they're in post-production. Yeah, everything's shot. All the see, Everything's shot. They're editing it. Or, or, or they're just putting color correction, whatever they do. But so we're not going to see Michael uh, Keaton back. No, I don't know if they ever release it as something, but they're not even running it on HBO Max, which is it shows you that it must be bad because they want to just take the total tax write-off. Something also happened with the Flash movie with that uh, Ezra. Ezra Miller. His name is. He keeps what, getting in trouble, and I think that they're like, "What the fuck do we do with this kid?" Dude, what is, is that? His name, on? Ezra Miller. Yes, I believe it is. I'm not sure. Yeah, you keep reading the things about him acting up and starting <laughs> fights, whatever he's doing, uh, and it's he, like, he, what he, are you? Right. What the fuck you doing, dude? fucking do the right thing until we get the movie out so I can enjoy another superhero movie. He's 29. Like, he's not like he's 15. He's like, you're 29. Just stop. Yeah, at 29, you got to causing a ruckus. 29, you got to stop. I remember I was in a bar with my buddy. Oh, he was a tough kid. But he got afraid of the jujitsu because I, and he, once it started becoming, like, he was just like a tough boxer, like street fighter. But then once there was taking limbs involved, he didn't want nothing to do with it. Right. He just couldn't catch on to it. He had like a learning disability. And he moved to the West Coast, and I don't know. He might be homeless now. But anyway, why did I bring up him? Oh, well, you know what you say when you get to that age? Because I was when I was 15 years old with him, I'd be walking the streets, and I was out all night. I tell my parents I'm sleeping out, and we would just be drinking beers and getting into street fights. And it was crazy when I think about it now that I have a 13-year-old. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? But anyway. I, but so my point is, I was up to 20 years old and I was at a bar. I don't know why I was in there because it's supposed to be 21, but whatever. Uh, and he wanted to start a fight with some guys. I remember it just not, I go, Jimmy. And I was already training jujitsu at this point. I go, dude, we got to, the guy's not even, now you're looking for trouble is one. Because normally I wouldn't, it would kind of just happen naturally with just all the other tough guys, you know, other, other guys looking for trouble. I don't know. But whatever it was, I wasn't looking for trouble. But my point is, it felt, it felt like I was maturing in a sense where I'm like, look, now I'm actually, I kind of want to do this. I want to take this to another level. I don't want to yeah. be fighting in the street. Yeah. It, I know where this leads to. It's either jail and I already been locked up a couple of times for things like my, you know, some fights and stuff. So I'm like, this is a dead end, bro. I go, come with me. I mean, oh, yeah. and, you know what I mean? And, and you know, he was drunk and that night, he's, you know, it came with people when you're a kid and somebody's like, oh, you don't got my back. You feel like maybe you're insecure, maybe you want, but when you know how to fight and you're getting start, you start to realize like, look, this is not the way, you know, does this make sense to you, Jimmy? I'm kind of a hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, you're like, what are we doing here? We, well, we, I mean, right. We're fist fighting. I mean, come on. It's just, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I see kids in my, in my school and I'm like, I wish I had this at their age because I would have avoided a lot of, uh, a lot of things, you know what I mean? I think, you know, cause of just knowing and we're just being able, so having some place to even spend time. You know, uh, go ahead. No, no, no. So I'm sorry, Matt. We have uh, Vicente Luque is ready oh. to go fighting Jeff Neal in the co-main. Enough of my reminiscing, Jimmy. What a no, great yeah. fight. Yeah. Oh, him and Jeff Neal? Oh, shoot. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I'm going to root for Vicente because he's on the show. There That's a good is. point. Hey, Vicente. Hey, what's up? What's How up? You? Here I am. It's You're been a while. The right guy, man. What's up, Vicente? You're rooting for the right guy. Yeah, I always have a hard time when I like both guys. Like, we interview so many, and you're all nice. So when you talk to two guys that you've talked to before, it's like, I don't want to see either one of them get their ass kicked. Like, you want to see both guys. You want it to be a good fight. That's what I hope for. Whoever wins, I hope it's a really good fight. For sure, man, for sure. I would probably, to be very honest, if I had to bet, I would probably take you. Uh, if I had to gamble on it, I would probably pick you. You'd look very good. <laughs> at me. Uh, Jimmy's always on the fence. <laughs> we, haven't, oh, sorry, we haven't talked to you in a while. I mean, your last fight with Bilal, that's one of those frustrating ones, right? Because it's like, you know, you feel like you kind of lose on takedowns type of thing. Do you feel like, I mean, I haven't seen the fight in a while, but I, if I remember correctly, it's one of those things. It's like, and, and you have very good jujitsu too, but did we take anything from it? You know, because you, or where we, where we at mentally with that? Yeah, man, I, I don't know. That fight was... Man, I, I just felt like I wasn't aggressive as, as I should have been, you know. After I watched the fight a lot, I should have just gone out there and, and do what I usually do. But I overthought a little bit. You know, it was a big fight. It was main event, my first five-rounder. So I think all of that kind of got a little into me, like in the sense, like, I don't know. I, I haven't fight, uh, fought five rounds yet. Yeah. So maybe, you know, I got to feel it out and, and, and start slow. But after I fought, after I watched the fight many, many times, I'm like, no, man, I just should have gone in there the way that I always do. And, and you know, try to get that out, the guy out of there and, and, and do what I do, you know, fight the way I fight. Did it change your pace at all? I'm sorry, Matt. Knowing you had five rounds, did it, did it change, uh, change the energy output? Yeah, I mean, it did change for sure. Uh, you know, it, I kind of like had to kind of adjust a little bit and feel it out. You know, so my first two rounds, I think I was pacing myself a little bit more. And on the third round is when I really felt like, okay, I could just, you know, uh, start going like, like with, with no, not too much concern. But at that point, it was a little too late already. You know, he, he found his distance. He started taking me down and controlling me uh, and the, at the end of the rounds. And I wasn't able to get back into the fight and, and, and get the points I needed. Now, I remember, I remember now, because I'm looking at your fight before that with Michael Chiesa. So I remember now it came right back to me. I remember feeling confident for you going into that fight because you were coming off a fight with Michael Chiesa, who has a similar style. In other words, you know what he wants. He wants to grapple you. And you actually ended up subbing him in the first round after a nice exchange. So I remember feeling like, all right, it's like you're, you're not getting ready. Now you're not changing camps for a totally different, a different fighter with due respect, but similar game plans. Like, you know what I mean? You're already fighting the guy who's looking to grapple you. So I felt like you were like going to be so, I don't know. I don't keep bringing up negative shit. You're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it makes sense. It my, makes my, sense. Yeah. Yeah. My point yeah. is, do you prefer um, fighting a guy like Jeff Neal who, who likes more fisticuffs? You know? I mean, I can tell you, I enjoy training the training camp much more when I fight a guy like Jeff in the sense that, you know, I get to strike more. I get to to train what I, let's say, the, the, the part that I like the most. You know, I love grappling as well, but wrestling is a thing. That wrestling and wrestling and wrestling and wrestling is what kind of like I had. I, I fought three fights, Woodley, Kiesa, and Bilal. And for the three of them, I worked a lot of wrestling. And it was kind of like, you know, shutting down my striking a little bit in the sense of just flowing, just, you know, feeling it, just feeling like I, I you know, I, I, that's what I do and just go in there. And at the end of the day, what I got to do 
in the fight is my best and not the best of the, my opponent. But that's something that, you know, with, with I think that it's a, an experience that I needed to learn. And that's what I take out from this fight. You know, just at this point, I, I didn't get here uh, doing different things. I got here doing what I do. So that's what I got to believe. That's what I got to bring every fight. I got to be the silent assassin and, and, and just do what I do. What do you think it would take for you? Because uh, you're number six right now. Bilal is, is, is five. Um, and Usman is fighting Leon Edwards. So that takes out the champion and number two. And Colby has fought him twice. Gilbert has lost to him. What do you think it would take for you to get a shot at the title? I mean, Shalayev is fighting Diaz. Um, so what do you think happens if you want to get a shot at the belt? Man, I think that a big win Saturday night, that's, that's a must. And my style, go out there and, and get a big finish. And hopefully be healthy and have one one more fight this year, you know, because I think that right now we're all kind of in a race and whoever uh, gets gets, you know, those big wins and gets the first place is going to get for the title next against, I guess, whoever wins between Kamaru and, and Leon. So I think that that's the important thing. Get a big win right now and, and stay ready to fight one more this year. So do you think Shemaev gets that shot if he wins his next fight? I think he might, you know, uh, definitely. I, I see the UFC wanting that fight. So I think that if he does, he's going to have the hype for beating Nate Diaz. Uh, it's something that the UFC wants. So he might definitely get that shot if he gets a win. And and I got to keep my eye, you know, to possibly uh, fight somebody that is, is next. You know, we got Kobe. We don't know what's going on with him. He, he hasn't been fighting. He's number one. Uh, I don't know why he's number one, but he still is. So it is what it is. And and we got Bilal fight, fighting Sean Brady. So that's another big fight. So maybe one of those can be, you know, uh, a possible opponent at the end of the year and try to rush, you know, to, to get and, and steal these guys' places. Did you see Jeff Neal's last fight with Ponzinibbio? Yeah, I watched it a lot. Yeah. Thoughts on that? Good fight. Close, close yeah. fight, though. Close. Really close, really close. It was a really good fight. And for me, it was a really good fight to study because Ponzinibbio is orthodox like I am. And, and, and Jeff is a southpaw. So it's always interesting to read how the, they, you know, have different approaches and to kind of base what I'm going to do. It was, it was a good fight to watch. And yeah, it was, it was a close fight. I saw some openings that I could try to explore. I imagine also, that, you know, Jeff is always going to improve always going to try to surprise me as well. So I'm not going to just, okay, I got the keys to beat him. You know, I know it's, it's still going to be a war. He's still going to try to surprise me in there. But, yeah, it's, it's a fight that I watched a lot, for sure. Well, you guys are similar in the fact that when you win, you're very likely to put somebody out. And when you lose, it's very likely to be a decision. So both of you guys are very hard to stop. Uh, and, and to beat you is going to take you to five rounds or, or the full three rounds. And you both kind of share that. Um, so you have to be aware of that going into that he's not easy to stop. That's for sure. I mean, but at the same time, both of us, that's what we do. So I think at some point, uh, you know, one of us is going to have to is going to have to, you know, break each other. And that's my plan, you know, to go out there and, and fight him in what he's used to doing and showing that I can can, you know, be better than him at what he does, because I'm I'm confident in my game. I'm confident in my pressure and especially in fighting in chaos in fighting that's what that like the fight with Kiesa uh I was about to be submitted I got out of it and I submitted the guy the fight against Woodley I got rocked right at the beginning of the fight and then I knocked uh, I rocked him I knocked him down and submitted him if I don't know why it is I can't explain but in chaos I just uh fight the best you know I, I fight at, at my best when everything thing is is kind of like looking like uh like it's not gonna go well for me that's when i shine do you think less when that's happening like is it is it because when things are happening that are like that it becomes much more of a an unconscious reaction as opposed to when you're when you're things are not going poorly yeah for sure i mean that can be it you know i i think maybe like it's more primal i'm more like okay i gotta survive i gotta kill this guy and, and get him out of here so that I, you know, uh, I stay alive. I think I, I am, I go more to that, like, primal, uh, uh, myself more primal. I don't know how to describe it, but yeah. something like that. What do you think of uh, of Leon Edwards against uh, Kamaru? I mean, uh, obviously he, lo he lost to uh, uh, 
uh, Kamara seven years ago. I mean, it was a decision, so it's kind of hard to judge it uh, by that. What do you think of that fight? I think Leon has improved a lot since then. You know, he has shown uh, a lot of skills everywhere. I just think that their game at this point, uh, he, he tried to do a game kind of like Kamaru, let's say, start to wrestle more, start to control the fights, and, and he goes a lot to decisions. And I don't know if that's uh, the right tools to beat Kamaru, you know, to bring, bring danger to Kamaru. Kamaru has proven himself against so many tough guys. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a tough fight. I think Leon is a great fighter, but I would still put Kamaru as the favorite for that one. Uh, I got him winning, but definitely it's going to be an interesting uh, fight, and I think it's going to be tough. I don't think it's going to be like an easy one, win for Kamaru, but I think he takes the win. Yeah, shit, yeah, man. Yeah, because he's beat guys. Uh, when you look at Kamaru, he's beat guys that can do everything well. He's beat guys that strike well. Uh, you know, guys like Colby who can strike and wrestle, guys like Gilbert Byrne. He's, he's fought all styles and, and seems to find a way. So, yeah, I think the wrong uh, strategy with him is to try to out-wrestle him. I think you're right. I think that would be a, probably a bad move. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. And everybody well, look, saying, I'm just going to say, and everybody's sure. saying that Diaz has no shot with Kamazan. What is your thoughts on that? Man, you know, I always think Diaz has a shot against anybody, you know, but I think Hamza is favorite for that fight. I see why. I mean, he, he beat Gilbert and it was a tough fight. He showed that he can hang with the tough guys, you know, with, with the top of the division. That was the biggest take of that fight. Uh, it was a close fight, you know, and, and, and it wasn't like a, a dominant win like everybody thought it was going to be. But still, he showed, hey, I'm tough. And by showing that, I think that it puts him as a favorite for this fight. But Nate, if he survives the first two rounds, he can really complicate the fight for, for Chimaev, you know. Nate has the has that cardio. He can go five, ten rounds, whatever he needs to, and make the fight an ugly fight for, for, for Chimaev. And Chimaev has shown to tire. He should he got tired against Gilbert, you know, and that's when he started his confidence started kind of getting, you know, uh not that high anymore. And Shemayev, as good as he's looked and as hard as he hits and as, as well as he wrestles, Nate has dealt with that before. Like, there's nothing that he's going to do that Nate hasn't at least seen before. And a lot of times these veterans, they know how to exploit what you haven't done a lot of. Um, like, they know how to ex exploit the fact that you might get a little bit tired. I think you're right. If Nate goes beyond the second round, he very well um, could win that. If I think people are crazy just to write Nate off like he's, like he's a sacrificial lamb. I think that's insane. I'm with you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and it's a five-rounder. So it's going to be the first five-rounder for Chimaev as well. So if they get to those later rounds, it's, it's going to be a test for him for sure. And how does Shemaev or anyone respond? Because Shemaev is very uh, confident and very uh, kind of but, – but Nate is another guy who, who's, who's, who's very confident, shoving his middle finger in your face, telling you to fuck yourself. How does he respond to that mentality? Does it bother him at all or does it not affect him? That, that will be interesting to see as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure, because it's a different approach this time, for sure. Has that ever gotten to you? Has anybody's uh, out of the cage or even in cage behavior ever affected you where you didn't fight the way you wanted to fight because you had a, thoughts about them or you were angry or angrier than you should have been? Uh, be early in my career, yeah. I mean, before the UFC, yes. But after that, not be not really because... I don't know. The way I see the fighting, I've, I've never taken personally, you know. It's not something that I look at like, oh, man, I, you know, I, I got to go in there and, and fight this guy because I hate him or anything. I could fight anybody, man. I could fight, you know, uh, a friend of mine, and, and it wouldn't be a problem in the standpoint, like, for me to hit that person in the face or, or hurt him, that's cool for me. It's not a problem. So... I don't take it personal. So whenever, like, uh, after I did that, the first times it kind of got affected before the UFC, like, people try to, I don't know, get in my face or something like that. I realized, hey, it, it doesn't matter what they do. I got to go out there and I'm still going to do the same thing. If I love them or I hate them, I'm still going go to go, go to take them out of there as quick as possible. And that just makes me, you know, uh, be more consistent in, in my in my mentality for fighting. So, yeah, I, I try to take it, you know, leave all of that outside of the octagon. It's a violent game, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, good luck against uh, Jeff Neal. Great fight, great co-main event, uh, and a great main event, too. Uh, Tiago Santos, Jamal Hill. That's uh, this Saturday at the Apex in Vegas, prelims 7 p.m. The main is at uh, 10 p.m. on ESPN, ESPN+. Plus. Good luck, Vicente. Uh, you're, you know, okay. I, you're great, and we all love watching you fight, so I uh, we'll hope you do well. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, and you guys can expect the show. You know, a guy like me and, and Jeff, we're definitely going to bring it and and put on maybe the, the fight of the night. Let's awesome. go. Fuck yeah, man. All right, we'll talk to you again. Take care, Vicente. Yeah. All right, take, take care. care. Let's pick the first three. Santos, Jamal Hill. Um, I'm going to go with Jamal Hill. I think he pulls off, I say, a second-round stoppage. You son of a bitch. He looks so good, man, yeah. I'm going to say, I'll, I'll say first round stoppage. How about that? I almost said first round. So, right. yeah. Well, it's not horseshoes, Jimmy. I think Luke A. Luke A. Jeff Neal. Uh, Jeff Neal. Uh, I'm at Vicente Luke A. It's going to be a, um, a third round stoppage. I'm going to give Vicente a decision. I do think Neal is too hard to stop. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I just think that he's very hard to put away. And Mohamed Usman, who we just had against Zach Pauga, um, I mean, he's uh, he's eight and two, and uh, Zach is undefeated at six and zero. Oh. Zach is a very good fighter. I'm listen to me. Sometimes I go with my heart, and sometimes I think I he gave that when he did the story about people not believing in you, believing in yourself. You understand? That sounded like a superhero. That came out, that could have came out of a superhero movie. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Muhammad. I want to go with Muhammad by decision. That's what I'm gonna say. All right, you believe what you want to believe. I'm gonna take. Here's why: because we always take guys who are on the show that we like. Oh, go ahead, Jimmy. I'm gonna take Zach Pauga. Going to hell, Jimmy. I th- no, I know we we can't just pick guys because we like them, and and I and I don't. I truly have no idea. <laughs> I can so do whatever the fuck I want. You can, yes. I'm going to take Zach by decision. I think sometimes those ultimate fighter guys, uh, I, I don't mean that they don't fight hard, but no. I think there's so much on the line that they're both very careful. So I'm going to take Zach by decision. Well, listen to me. You do what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, I just Jimmy, have to. Yeah. I, <laughs> but that said, though, I kind of want to be wrong because I like Muhammad. So listen to me. Yeah. I, love being, I love being right. What do you want to plug? Sorry, sorry about singing that last. No, time. no, no. Tonight, Fat Black Pussy Cat. Fat Black Pussy Cat, seven p.m. I'll be there, and I'm coming to Rochester next weekend, Friday and Saturday, twelfth and thirteenth. Uh, if you want to come see me, if there's tickets, go to my website. Jimmy, when I said Fat Black Pussy Cat at the same time as you, you just looked at me like an annoyed parent. Like, oh no, I didn't even, I, I didn't uh, even catch it. I love you. I love you, Jimmy. I miss. I love you. Um, all right, hey man, I'm taking my kids and I'm picking up one of their friends. They're all going to do jujitsu today. Oh, that's so, great. All right, th- have <laughs> a great time, Matt. So much fun. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.